Hebrews chapter 12. Look at the first two verses with me. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray now that all ears would be attentive to hear it, all hearts would be open to receive it, Lord. Transform us by your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Say amen. Well, the race is on. Did you know that you're in a race? The Bible is very clear. It tells us, comparing the Christian life to a race. I had everybody in our 815 service do this. I think I'll have you do it as well. Just check your pulse. Check your pulse. Wherever you find. Check your, your breath, your breathing. Still got breath coming out? Still got blood pumping through the veins? You know what this tells me? You're still in the race. We didn't do your funeral last year. Come on, somebody. You're still living. You're still breathing. There's still blood pumping through your veins and through your arteries. That means that God still has something that he wants to do in and through you. Trumpet didn't sound. The rapture didn't occur. We prayed, even so, Lord Jesus. How many times over this last year did we pray, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly? We ought to still be praying it. Pray it every day. Pray it every week. But he did not yet. So it means something. It means we're still in the race. We're still running in the race. Or as I have entitled the message today, the great annual race. I say the great annual race because at the turning of a new year and the flipping of a new calendar, we have an opportunity to kind of get to the spiritual side of the road and catch our breath a little bit. Get us some spirit Gatorade in us to replenish our soul and our spirit. Get us some living water in us. Wipe our spirit brow. Catch our breath and get back in the race. It's important that we run the race and we run to win. It's foolish to get in a race that you have no intention on, on winning or finishing at least. I think of runners in our race, the race of faith. One that comes to my mind was actually, I, I, I saw a, a birthday celebration, what made me think of it for this morning. It was a birthday celebration for one of the great runners of the faith, Billy Graham. TBN was running just a birthday special. I don't know if anybody saw this or not. And I think it was a rerun because I believe his birthday was in November, but I'm not sure of that either. But they had governors and state officials and the who's who of Christian uh, notoriety all giving birthday blessings to Dr. Billy Graham. 
93 years young, 71 years in the ministry. Can you imagine? Now that's quite a runner right there. I wonder how many times Dr. Billy Graham had to get off the side of the road and just catch his breath a little bit and replenish his soul and his spirit in order to continue running in the race. The race is still on, ladies and gentlemen. And the fact that you're breathing today and that blood is pumping through your veins today indicates you're still in the race. I'm still in the race. I thought of those who have run in the race and are still running the race, but I also thought of those who quit running. I say Dr. Billy Graham, and surely there's not a soul in the room who doesn't know who I'm speaking of. The reprobate unbeliever on the street would know who Billy Graham is, probably. He's very famous. But what if I were to say Charles Templeton? Would anyone know who I'm speaking of? Probably not, unless you've studied out the life of Billy Graham, as I have a little bit. I found out that when Billy Graham was getting into crusade ministry in the 40s, there was a contemporary of his who was actually the front runner in the evangelistic crusades. He was the one that was more eloquent in his speech, charismatic like you have never seen, and could draw a crowd to pack out an arena. His name was Charles Templeton. In fact, Billy Graham was kind of learning with Charles Templeton or even under him. Kind of an understudy of sorts. A contemporary, but Charles Templeton was clearly in the foreground. And Billy was an up-and-coming evangelist. They both gained great, great success and, and notoriety and began to pack out stadiums all around the nation. But something happened to Charles Templeton. He didn't get off on the side of the road in the race to get his replenishing, to gain his, his thoughts, to get his wits back about him, to refresh and renew. Charles Templeton began to doubt. Just a little seed was all it was. But how many believe that one seed, if not taken care of, can grow to a large tree? Overtake an area. A little seed of doubt concerning God. A little seed of doubt concerning God's Word. He doubted that creation could actually be a literal seven days. And he would debate this issue if it was a literal seven days or not, because who could create all that is in seven days? Well, I know someone. And let me just state for the record, to me it doesn't matter how God did it. A day is a, as a thousand days with God. A thousand days is as one day with God, right? Some say that could be 7,000 years in the creation process. 
I don't really care how God did it. I believe that God did it. I believe the Bible says it. I believe it. And to me, that settles it. No debating. No doubting. It was the, it was the 40s. And remember the significant event that happened in the 40s, World War II. Horrific holocaust and the slaughter of millions of Jews. He began to question how could a loving and caring and benevolent God allow something like this to happen? Just a little bit of doubt. A little bit of questioning here and there. By 1957, Charles Templeton was no longer in the race. He was an agnostic, completely out of the race, trying to disprove now the existence of the God that he preached and tried to lead others to believe in. Meanwhile, Billy's just running. He's just running, right? He's going to keep on running, running in the race. Charles Templeton died in, in 2003, no longer an agnostic, an atheist, which believes there is no God. In fact, he wrote a book right before he died. It was entitled, Farewell to God. He got out of the race. Folks, we're still in the race. It's a great race. And you have an opportunity today to keep on running. There's some things that you're going to need in this race. I jotted down a few. I want to share them with you. You're going to need discipline in the race. What do we need to keep on running? We need discipline. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse number 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we run for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline, hear this today, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. God, let it not be said of me. God, let it not be said of those in this room. In order to keep on running in this race, no matter when you started in the race, you're going to have to have discipline in 2012. 2012 needs discipline, folks. Discipline in every area of your life. And imagine with me what just a little bit of discipline might do. How many are hoping to maybe lose some weight this year? I'm just telling you, I need to lose some weight. 
and so do y'all. Well, let's just tell the truth and shame the devil today. How many are hoping to lose just a little bit of weight in 2012? I am. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take discipline. How many are wanting to get into just a little bit better shape and exercise more than you did before? Let me see your hand. You know what that's going to take for me, Mike? <laughs> and some discipline on my part. Mike worked us like Hebrew slaves last year. I'm just telling you, I wanted to go back to Egypt so many times. Uh, at least there. Yeah. <laughs> Discipline. You want to get healthier? You want to eat better? You want to lose some weight? It's going to take a little bit of discipline. Cheryl's right here. I don't know how much weight this girl's lost. Oh, she knows. 70 pounds. She said it quickly. And I don't blame you. That takes a lot for, for a woman of God to shed off 70 pounds of weight. But you didn't just shed off physical weight. You didn't just shed off physical pounds. You shed off some other things as well. There was some, there's some loss on the inside that needed to be lost. You needed to lose. I think Pastor Dave over here lost 120 pounds. That's insane. And he didn't go on the biggest loser. He didn't have some trainer helping him every day. I mean, Mike helped him some, and we all kind of got in, in this makeshift gym a little bit. But I'm just telling you, he had some discipline. Started eating right, started exercising, and pound, 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 pound. 120 pounds later, and he's keeping it off. That's just a couple of physical things. That's going to take discipline. Imagine on the spiritual side of things what just a little bit of discipline on your part in this new year might produce. Imagine with me if you would discipline yourself to read the Word more than you did in 2011. Thank you. And don't, don't set out to read the whole Bible every month. I don't, I don't know very many people that could just read the whole Bible in a month. There's some. I know there's probably some. I'm not one of them. I know that probably shocks you, right? Yeah, I know. How about to set out to read the whole Bible in a year? If you've never done that, that's definitely doable. That's attainable. That's something you could do. But let me tell you something, Jerome. It's going to take... Jermaine, uh, sorry. It's going to take discipline, my friend. It's going to take discipline. And it's going to take it every day. If you really desire to grow in God, here is one of the keys that will help you. It's the book I hold in my hand. It's the book that lays in your lap. It's the book that you have on your, on your smartphone. I hope you do. How many have a smartphone? Let me see your hand. How many have the Bible on your smartphone? One of the smartest things you could do if you have a smartphone is get the Bible on your smartphone. Then you've got the Bible with you everywhere you go in any version you want, and it will even talk to you. You can even put it onto where it will, it will read it for you out loud. You put it on while you're driving. Hallelujah. 
There's just no excuses for you not to discipline yourself a little bit more in the reading and understanding and memorizing and meditating of the Word of God. How about if we disciplined ourselves to lay before God more our prayer time? Do you believe that God hears our prayers? Of course. Do you believe that God answers our prayers? Of course. We're witness to that. We testify to that. God heard me and answered me. God healed me. God provided for me. So we believe in prayer. What if we would discipline ourselves in 2012 to pray like we didn't pray in 2011? Add five more minutes to your prayer time. Add 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes. Look at your daily routine and slot it in. You've got to purpose to pray or you won't pray. Come on now. If you don't purpose to pray, you're probably not going to pray. It's got to be scheduled and factored. When, when do you pray? When do you pray? How many morning prayers do I have here today? You pray in the morning, kind of get your day going by praying in the morning. I, I'm a morning prayer, and I like to walk when I pray. Every now and then I'll feel the Holy Spirit tell me to get down and lay, right? See, we need to, we need to see all the ways that they prayed in the Bible, and at some point we better, be, we better be trying them all out. Stand before the Lord and pray. Walk before the Lord and pray. Kneel before the Lord and pray. Lay before God. Do that. If you're not comfortable laying before the Lord, just get alone. Nobody's around and do that. If you're physically able to lay before God and then get back up, you should try that. You really should. You might hear the voice of God in a way while you're eating rug like you've never heard His voice before. Stretch out in your prayer time. It's going to take some discipline. But there's time in your day. We all have the same gift from God. Every day it's 24 hours. 24 hours, find more time to pray. It's going to take discipline. Imagine with me just a little tweaking here, a little adjustment here, taking this out here, putting this on here. Discipline. What are you feeding your, your, your mind? What are you watching? What are you listening to? How about making some adjustments in the new year? It'll take discipline, but I know that you can do it. I know that God will help you do it. It comes, the help that you need in the discipline area, it comes from the Holy Spirit. This scripture that I, that I referenced here in 1 Corinthians, it says in verse number 25 that we are to be temperate or self-controlled in most things. Wait a minute. Oh, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. I did read that wrong, didn't I? Sometimes I like to read it that way. See? Am I the only one? Self-controlled in most things, and God understands me, and so I think he'll, he'll turn his head on this one. He'll wink at this one, and 
after all, there is the matter of his grace and his forgiveness. So, listen, bring it back up if you don't mind. It says temperate in, come on somebody, all. Temperate in all things, self-controlled in all things. But you can't produce that on your own. You can't produce self-control. In yourself and in the flesh, you will not produce self-control. You'll give in to your own satisfactions and your own lust. The help that we need comes from the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here it is, self-control. Pray that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit every day in your stretched out prayer time that you're going to be disciplined to do. There's something you could add right there. If you're not adding that, praying that, add that to your prayer time. God, fill me with your spirit every day. And then pray that one of these characteristic traits would be seen in you. That's what I do. I go through all nine characteristic traits day after day. And I rotate that until I get to love again. And I just go through it every, every, every day. That is my cycle of prayer concerning this. And I, I will get to self-control every nine days. God, fill me with the Spirit and let self-control be seen in me. Let it be produced in me. We must be led by the Spirit and not the flesh. Amen? And so we must be filled with the Spirit every day. What do we need to run this race? We need discipline. We need direction, folks. You can't run a race when you're looking back behind you. Trying to run your race, looking behind you to see who's gaining on you, looking behind you to see where the, the starting place was. You can't run a race effectively while you're looking behind. It's time to let the past go. And so many did that today. Letting go of the hurts, letting go of the frustration, letting go of the pain and the anger. Don't look behind. Get your direction. You can't effectively run a race while you're looking to the left and to the right. Right? See, we're, we're, we're so many times we're looking at, at what somebody else is doing. Where somebody else is going. You need direction for the race. And this particular leg of the race, which is 2012 or until the Lord tarries. And we pray... Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. It could be now. It could be this year. But until then, we've got to have direction for the race. There will always be somebody who's better than you. Do you know that? There will always be somebody that's more effective than you and better looking than you and weighs less than you, and the list goes on. Let's forget about those ones on the left or on the right. Let's stay focused. Billy Graham just running that race. Charles Templeton looking at this and looking at that and scrutinizing this and doubting that. And next thing you know, he's out of the race. His direction became skewed and flawed. Brethren, Philippians 3, verse 13, he said, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press. Somebody say, I press. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. You want to win this race, you got to keep running in this race, and you've got to go in the right direction. 
Aim toward the goal. Aim toward the prize. We're in this to, to win the race. We're in the race to finish the race. And we're not going to stop running until God says the race is over, either by death or by rapture. That's the only two ways that we get out of the race as believers. And I'm okay with either one. I'm okay either way. Because I'm in heaven either way. Come on now, somebody. I'm in heaven either way. If I die today, I'll immediately be, the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. If I die today, I'm in heaven. And if the rapture comes today, we're going to be raptured out of this place. Hallelujah. For your direction, folks, there's three things here that the, that the apostle talked about in Philippians. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. Forget the past. Forget the things behind you. Reach forward. New opportunities are ahead for you to serve Jesus. Reach forward with anticipation for all the good things that God has for you in this new day and this new year. Welcome eagerly any spiritual challenge that might come. Knowing that God is on your side and God is your source of strength and your help. And press toward the goal. Press means there'll be some oppos opposition. There may be some wind resistance, right? But then the wind of the Spirit is going to come and help you. Press toward that goal. Finally, what do we need to run in the race? You need to be dressed for a race. Therefore, back to our text, Hebrews 12, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and now has sat down at the right hand of the Father. I can't run a race in this suit. I can't run. I, there's just no way. These shoes, they're no good for running. You don't think they're any good for anything, do you, Pastor? He's always on my shoes, telling me I need to, to get some new shoes and hear God and all the <laughs> I, one thing, I could preach in these shoes, but I can't run in these shoes. Are you dressed for the race? There's some people dressed for the clubs. Some people dress for the ball, dress for the dance. They're dressed for the beach. Can't run in flip-flops, can you? Run barefoot. You're not ready for the race. You're not dressed appropriately. You've got to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares you and wraps itself around you. Shed unforgiveness 
Unforgiveness does not look good on you. Honey, you need to go change because that does not fit you well. You do not look good in that. Unforgiveness, you can't run a race. You'll be out of the race if you don't let that go. What are those things, I wonder, those weights the Bible speaks of that have been hindering your progress? Have you been weighed down with worries, cares, burdens, unwilling to forgive? I know the, the hurt is real and the source of it, but we still have to forgive, folks. How many times do we have to forgive? Wow. Well, one of the disciples asked that. He didn't like the answer. Do we have to forgive seven times? Jesus said, well, how about 70 times seven? <laughs> Watch how more freely you're able to run in this race without that weight of unforgiveness slowing you down. Have you been overwhelmed by negativity? Here's one that slows racers down. They're bombarded with grumbling, complaining, and negativity. They're sucked into the gossip circle. It'll hinder your running. And you might even get out of the race. Be very careful in this new year not to let negativity, murmuring, and complaining slow you in this race. If that becomes a part of your life, just get off the side of the road. Leave that negativity. Get refreshed, renewed, replenished. Get back in the race. The grumblers already went ahead. Now you're fresh. Get away from the negativity this year. Has fear slowed you down? Fear is a big, big arrow that the enemy fires at us. Don't go into this new year fearful. The only thing we are to fear is God himself. And the person who fears God need not fear another thing. I want you to bow your heads all across this room today. We're still in the race. Still running. I'm in it to win it. Winners lay aside every weight that may drain their energy for effectiveness. How are you doing in this annual race? Today is your opportunity to pull over. There's a rest area. You'll see it there to your right. See it. Just pull over. Somebody's going to hand you a cup of water, some spiritual Gatorade. Wipe your brow, catch your breath, refocus, replenish, and just get back in the race. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Steve, I need help in running this race. 
I need the help of God and the help of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that he would re-energize me this year for this leg of the race. If that's you, I want you to stand all over this room. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need re-energized to continue running in the race, replenishing. That's every spirit-filled believer in the house ought to be up on their feet because, folks, the simple truth of the matter is we all need God's help to run in this race. And but for the grace of God, it would be us just like this great evangelist of the 40s, Charles Templeton. Why don't you just cup your hands toward heaven and let me pray a prayer for you right now. God, we cup our hands to you symbolically and we ask now that you fill us. Fill our cups, God. Fill our lives. Fill our tanks. I sense there's some that are almost on empty. Fill us now, God, with your Holy Spirit. We look to heaven for our help. I lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Help us, God. As we journey on in this race with a new discipline, new direction, and properly dressed for the race. May we all be in this race to win this race. We give you thanks and praise. Amen. Amen. Keep running. Keep running. I just wanted to encourage you on this second Sunday of the year. Keep running in the race. The race isn't over. You're still breathing. You're still living. Keep on running. Let's run this race together. Let me remind you one more time that tonight we'll launch out into our life groups. I want you to be there. Be a part of this. Until then, God bless and have a wonderful afternoon, everyone.